Welcome to Bookstore Explorer, the show where we go behind the shelves with indie booksellers to find out what makes indie bookshops such magical places. I'm author and bookseller Matt Browning. Now, on this episode, we head back to the Pacific Northwest since maybe the first time since episode two when we were in, uh, was it Portland, Oregon? Yeah. This time we're back in a town called Seaside, Oregon to visit Beach Books. Now, Beach Books is a shop that I've been following on social media for quite a while. I've never actually been there, but their Instagram account is a lot of fun. And I'm joined today by owner Karen Emmerling and manager Alexa Butler. Now, man, Alexa is the one who manages the social media account. So it's really fun to hear how they've really embraced that and made it part of their business model. We also talk about everything from what they call potato chip reads, which is a fun phrase that I'm going to adopt. Uh, and, a, and an unusual customer who kind of had a thing for cats in a, well, an unusual way. <laughs> they also share some great reads. Uh, now, I will tell you, we did have a few connectivity issues on this one. So there's a little bit of audio glitch and a little bit of maybe talking over each other. Uh, I tried to clean it up the best I could, but you know, that that's how it goes. Um, but anyway, that aside is a really fun episode and was great to get to learn more about this shop and hope you guys enjoy. Come along as we go bookstore exploring. All right, ladies, welcome to the Bookstore Explorer podcast. It's it's a pleasure to have you both here. Thanks for having us. We're excited. So I always like to begin each show with with sort of a physical walkthrough of the shop so that our listeners who maybe haven't been to your place can kind of get a visual for themselves about your store. So let's pretend I just walked in the front door. What would I see? And then walk us around the space. Chaos. (laughs) So the first thing you'll see is our ticket table, which has books from Book Talk. It's a round table and it's loaded. Mm -hmm. And after that, you'll you will probably to your left you will see our new releases, the um ABA bestsellers on a shelf and our new paperback releases. And then you'll also see our, our cash wrap, our counter, and you'll see staff reading you. And our big, huge wall of fiction and mysteries is the perfect photo op. <laughs> Do you keep then, new inventory? Are you, you're all new, right? We're yeah. all new. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll get to the kids section. You'll see a, a large section for picture books and then um, gondolas with middle readers. And then towards the back wall is young adult and then sci-fi fantasy. And then off to the right in the back is our cookbook section, which has a lot of cookbooks all faced out. And then you come around. And a lot of cookbooks. And then you'll see cards. Oh, we have lots of cards as well. Now, how many and books do you far- think you, you carry? Do you know? Oh, probably six to 8,000, okay. depending on 
time of year. Mm-hmm. Right now we're really busy, so we have more because we're seasonal and this is the season. And then um, nonfiction is at the front of the store, but off to the right hand side. And we do have a whole balcony, so you can go upstairs and we have poetry and essays and um, there's metaphysical and a health and soul section. When did you open up? 2005, fall of 2005. So I'm curious to know. In a very little space. What inspired you to open up a bookshop? And were you were you an experienced bookseller before you got into this line of work? No. <laughs> no, I, I had never done retail. I had never, I mean, I'd been to bookstores, obviously, and I'd read books, but I um, I went to Wordstock, which is a big book festival in Portland, and walked in. I My kids had both gone off to college. My husband's a blacksmith, makes made, was making furniture and lighting. I was doing the faux finishes, realized. This is, I'm I'm here in, in boys club and no excuse to get out. So I went to Wordstock and walked in and realized this is where I should have been my whole life. I had worked for an advertising agency and a television station prior to that. Here I was, as my daughter said, you're not an artist, mommy, you just paint tables. And that's kind of what I did. So I Googled how to open a bookstore, and three months later, we were having our first first night. So, I mean, that's a pretty and fast turnaround. <laughs> it was. Yes. Yes, it was. Was there like a property already that you, you had well, your eye on? Or? My, my daughter worked at a coffee shop in downtown Seaside, and I went to visit her one day and walked out and saw uh, a space for rent and it was being renovated. And I walked in and said, yeah, this looks like a bookstore. And so we had, we'd had cabinets made for home. And so I talked to the cabinet maker and his company and was able to make bookshelves. And so we custom designed everything. And, and then two years later, I needed someone on Sundays. A year, a year and then some change. Okay, a year and a half. <laughs> I needed someone. And I have a friend who's a teacher. And she Alexa. She said she, my friend was a math teacher. She said she's terrible at math, but she'd be a good person. <laughs> and so when she was a junior in high school, Alexa came to work and has been here half her life. Now, when you were deciding on a name, how did you how did you arrive at Beach Books? I mean, there's a there's an immediate what I assume your answer will be. <laughs> yeah, and then I told my son that, and he said, "Oh, mom, that's a lame name." I said, "Josh, you work at Seaside Surf Shop. <laughs> this is this is no better than that." I said, "Yeah, but we have a cool logo." And I said, well, we will too. And we do. We have a great logo. Seaside Surf Shops, a little bit of a tongue twister. Beach Books just just flies right off. The- just flies right off. You're right. It's a better name than Seaside Surf Shop. <laughs> I would agree. 
were you were, when you opened up? I mean, were you filling a void? Were there any other bookshops in the town? There were, there were a couple small bookshops, um, mm-hmm. but I thought I could do it better because mm-hmm. the one didn't give. I mean, you'd walk in and he never acknowledged you, and um, so I felt a little bad about it, but. I did it anyway. There was really nothing to fill the void of somebody getting, you know, friendly service and getting high breed and having the knowledge and the sort of customer service that you have. Well, and I—it's been my experience a lot of that that a lot of indie booksellers aren't necessarily looking at one another as competitors. No, no, especially and, when you have I the wasn't. competitor of Amazon and the competitor of the chains. Yeah. No, I don't think we feel like anybody, especially all the bookshops on the West Coast um, and North Coast, Oregon Coast, we're all great friends and send customers to each other when we're out of something. So you've been at it, I mean, almost 20 years now. At what point did you feel like, you know, I feel like I've got the hang of this? Um, You're working on that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and if I do, she'll be there to point out that, no, nah, you really don't. Um, what tends to sell well for you? Because you kind of walked us through. You got a pretty good mix of the genres there. What tends to be some of your best sellers? We just did our top 10 sales, actually, for so far this year. And a lot of it is popular book talk titles. A lot of it is Emily Henry. Um, there's Wing One. There's Silent Patient. Um, a lot of Sarah J. Moss. And our, our big seller has been for months, 10,000 Doors of January. Uh, that's a years. Years, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of light reads. You know, we, we like to make the joke is that um, our customers, we, we don't have the super smart books here. We have like potato chip books that you want to read and help you escape whatever. You know, I, I hadn't heard the potato chip books, but I like that. <laughs> we're we're a tourist town, and and while we have a very loyal local following, you know, especially this time of year, tourism is a huge driver for our sales. So you probably get, I'm just assuming tourists probably want, like you said, the potato chip reads, you know, the yeah. the, the beach reads, the vacation kind of reads. So yeah, exactly. Emily Henry yeah. probably flies this time. Yes. Of year. I, thought, I think it's did. interesting yeah. that you have a a book talk theme display because I've heard a lot of a lot of bookshops have been doing that just by virtue of demand. Yeah, <laughs> is that what we you were started, seeing too? Yeah, so I run all of our social media, and so I would make videos of a time lapse of us changing out the front table and doing a new theme. And we haven't changed the theme in probably over a year year at this point we just switch out different ones of whatever is uh popular at the time but we keep that at the front because mostly that's what people are coming in for that they see it on social media and they come in looking for it. what's on there right now so oh. we just got in our copies again a fourth wing and so i'm surprised that our copies are even lasting for two hours right now <laughs> uh but all of sarah j moss all of her series there's colleen hoover there's um what else is on there? Sure of only Henry. Emily Henry, she's on there. Yeah. Coming on a couple of decades here, do you have any, you know, you mentioned being a tourist town, and I'm sure you have a lot of 
local regulars as well. Yeah. Are there any kind of customer stories, customer experiences that really stand out to you as unique and memorable? We used to have a cat. Uh, <laughs> we had a cat eight years ago. Um, <laughs> the cat was the mascot and people came in for the cat. And there's lots of cat stories. There was one lady that would come in, she would never buy anything, and she would take off her big old gold chain necklace and just like shake it at the cat for the longest amount of time. There was also the woman who picked up one of Oz's whiskers and said, may I, may I take this? I, I collect cat whiskers. Really? Really? There's, sure. Take all you want. <laughs> That's somebody I would like to have a podcast conversation with. Yes. <laughs> well, people still come in eight years later and say, where's the cat? Mm-hmm. Or it smells like cat. Is it still here? No, it doesn't. Have you thought about like thought about introducing another one into the shop? No. no we all hated the cat. She's nodding her head now. <laughs> and I don't think we could ever find a cat that would be the same temperament as mm-hmm. Oz because he took so many children poking and prodding and chasing and people petting all day long that that can be tricky. Cats are not always the most no. friendly. Of, you no, know, and, and you can't figure that out right away. I mean, you you can't order one that's <laughs> a sociable cat. So I'm curious, having started in 2005, you know, you were kind of there through the the I guess dawn of social media. Yes, the rise of the e-reader the rise of Amazon and all of these things that have forecasted the end of independent bookstores. Um, I guess, how have you kind of seen yourself through these ups and downs of the industry over the years? I still think customer service is the key and, and making people feel like they're having an experience when they come in the store. And I think we've, you know, we've had, We've had incredibly great staff over the years. Right now, I have best people around that we've ever had as a as a whole unit. But um, I think I think we all recognize that that's what pe- keeps people coming back. And we're also not really set in our ways of things. We're set in our customer service and, you know, being treated like you are one of us and you're always welcome in here. But I think that we're also really good at riding with changes, you know, whether it be the metaphysical and the tarot cards that really gained popularity or when the horror genre blew up or all of these book talk books. And I think sticking with riding the waves instead of just stuck in your ways of what do you like is that's only what you're going to carry and stop that we don't do that and i think also we never let those things feel like obstacles i mean we've never we've never been ones who bash amazon we don't like them we call them the devil but we um we're not negative you know on on any of this we just look at ways we can we can do better what role do you think social media has played in your success because i love to follow you you have a great 
a great Instagram account. That's her. Thank you. Thank you. That's my child. I <laughs> I did it when we first started and it was horrible and I never did it because I didn't like it. And I, you know, I'm 75, so I'm not really that attuned to it. So when Alexa took over and, and really made it special and we get great compliments on it, she does a terrific job. The turning point was definitely the pandemic um, when we had to shut our doors and then figure out how are we going to bring in revenue. And so that was what really forced us, us as in me and my personality, <laughs> forced us uh, to try to figure out what's going to make you want to shop at our store. What's going to make you choose an independent bookstore that might take a few extra days to get it to you, but it's going to be delivered to you with extra things, whether, because we always hand wrap everything and we write little notes on the outside of it. And we always try to add in an art, an advanced reader copy of whatever genre is what we tuck it in with your order too. So customer service, like you were saying earlier. Right. That's we what we wanted. To, we try to make getting a package from us as warm and friendly as if you were coming into the store. Yeah. Now, when you think of, because I think you mentioned at the front, one of your walls, one of your displays is like social media ready, right? Do you kind of keep that in mind when you're of course, yeah. setting up the store? Yeah. Do you of see course. a lot of customers coming in and doing the, let me take a selfie here, let me do this or that? Yes, of course. A few years ago, I, I said, you know, I really want our store to be a destination because they're a destination bookstore. And Alexa really took that on to make that a reality and has done a great job. I'm, you know, I'm really lucky. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. What are your thoughts now on, you know, I wouldn't say the pandemic is completely, COVID's not gone, but, you know, we've kind of emerged from it. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the, the indie bookstore industry in 2023? A different world than what it was in even 2019 compared to um, the feeling is different. Um, and it's really exciting that there's so many new indie bookstores and indie booksellers. Um, I miss a lot of the original crew because of their mindset of always plowing forward and always, uh, it, it, it was a different community than what it is in 2023. Do you feel well, like things people, are on the rise? I think so. I mean, I think that, I think one of the lessons from the pandemic was the need for connection that, you know, it's fine to shop online and we certainly have benefited from it. But we need people and we need a connection with people. And I think independent bookstores benefit from that because that's a great place to connect. 
Do you do a lot of like events and store events to generate? We did. Kind of we used to. Yeah. We used to. And then we've just started again. It's we had we used to have lunches up here in the called Lunch in the Loft with an author and maybe 20 people having lunch and getting a really personal connection with an author. We had to stop that, obviously, for the pandemic. And then because our shipping increased so much, it became our shipping space and we can't really give that up. So we've just recently started doing events again and it feels so good to do that again, but we'll we'll be doing more. My next couple questions um, are my favorites. And and from what I hear, I think my listeners' favorites too. One of them is, what are some of your favorite reads that you love to sort of keep in your back pocket when a customer says, I need a recommendation, but they might not give you too much else to go on? (laughs) What are some books Do you want us? Do you want us to do it for each other? Because I can do her. <laughs> I think that is a fantastic idea. Nobody's done it that way. So let yeah. You want do it and first? then we'll you see if you go. agree. <laughs> well, I know that I'm going to give her 10,000 doors of January. And anything by Alex Harrow, including the one. I'm, she will be pre-ordering the one coming up because she's going to love that. She's also... I say she's growing up into liking mysteries now because before it was it was all YA and it was all fantasy and now she's she's discovered mysteries like um, the Thursday Murder Club and that's one of my favorites. I've just been waiting for her to mature to some of my favorites and that's one of them. So. <laughs> I describe are, it as if the Golden stars. Girls started solving murders. It's kind of how yes. I describe it. <laughs> yes. Karen's always going to recommend Still Life. The Louise, Louise Penny. Penny. My other favorite more. mystery series. <laughs> I'll give you that. She loves Anne Patchett. She's very excited for Tom Lake to come out. Uh, she's also going to recommend... What are you going? Where are you going? Well, obviously remarkably bright creatures she's gonna do the easy ones that everybody's saying don't let her fool you she's gonna say lessons in chemistry she's gonna get all those she's gonna say erica bauermeister i'm definitely gonna recommend erica's new book um which is a a love story to, to books and how they impact different readers no two persons if you haven't read it you should i have not but i will Okay. I get so many books that I want to read from this question. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure. But yes, definitely read that. I would also add on mine, um, Tommy A.D. Emmy's Children in Blood and Bone. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite all-time recommendations, too. I have to I have to confess, Thursday Murder Club and the Louise Penny are are two that I keep in my own back pocket whenever somebody wants a recommendation. What else is in that pocket? Did you read Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murders? Because that should be in your pocket, too. Okay, I need to add that one, too. Um, I mean, I've never thought about how I would answer that question. I mean, those are two that I definitely like to keep. And I like to keep a few classics, you know, like To Kill a Mockingbird is my favorite book ever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That'll be my three. (laughs) 
I kind of likes happy books. I like I I don't like happy books necessarily. I like sad old man. I, if it's got an old man or an old woman, except for but I I don't like. Um, who we're gonna get hate mail? Don't do it. Um, man called oh, Man called oh. Uh, I haven't read that. But her reasoning is her reasoning makes sense. Is because it reminds her too much of her dad, and so I. Understand. And in not a, not good Swedish ways. One of my current staff picks wow. at the shop is Stoner, really old Borg novel. <laughs> so okay. kind of, I love what I call quiet novels. That's what I kind of okay. describe them as. So my my the the question I always say for the end is that ever since I've been doing Bookstore Explorer, people describe bookshops as magical places. So that's kind of what I always like to ask every guest is. When you hear a bookshop described as a magical place, what does that mean to you? From a from a from what side of the counter? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go from a take it from both. Take it from both. Yeah. Who do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> I think from our side of it is when everything is working. Perfectly. The orders are coming in on time. Our staff is all getting together. Everybody is enjoying the book recommendations that you're doing. Things all come together. And I think that's magic. How <laughs> often does that happen? I was going to say, when does that happen? <laughs> you said magic, though. That's why it's magic. <laughs> yes, because yes, it's, it's infrequent. But those I'm, days are the best days, though. But, yeah, I think, I think. It's it's magical for people coming in because every book is a door to a different world and and you have you have guides in in our staff that can guide you into to a world you're gonna enjoy. Oh that was a nice way to answer that. That's always my favorite question to ask. I mean, I do get a lot of book recommendations from the the previous question, but I love to hear people describe their thoughts on magic. Now, I think before, it's also magic when a kid comes back in or their parent comes back in and they thank you for making their child feel welcome and they thank you for putting the perfect book in their hands to really change something in them. That's also magic. Or when they come in and their kid has drawn a picture of your fan and then they come back. Four years later, and you have that picture of the fan posted there, and the kid is so excited and has a new picture for you. Do you have any That's customers true. like regulars that have been with you since the beginning or any? Yeah, yeah, we do. Do you have any like customers that maybe started as a kid, you know? Yes. Yeah, we do. And they yeah. come in with their own families now. And it's such a trip to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, them be little tiny kids, and, you know, you're used to. To giving them all these middle grade recommendations and now they're coming in with their own children to pick out picture books yeah yeah it's it that's pretty fun that's for sure so what's next for the shop do you have any anything exciting coming down the pike or i don't know i i think i think just continuing i think i just told alexa my next goal is i want to be big enough to hire an accountant Oh. <laughs> I don't like doing the book work, but yeah, it's not fun. But other than that, I think I think we will continue 
to grow and do more events and see what what the world presents us next and what way we're going to have to have to pivot to meet it before we go we've talked about your great social media presence so share where people can find you on social media and your web address thank you so our uh, our instagram is beachbooks at beachbooks most active and that's where we have the biggest following we are also on facebook and it's beachbooks 37 i think locals is where they look for events and things like that uh, we do have a tiktok it's not very active uh, it is also beachbooks 37 and our website is beachbooks 37.com <laughs> Thank you both for joining me today. It's been it's been fun to learn more about you. I don't get to that side of the country too often, but the next time I well, do, I'm, I'm hoping to come and see you. You have you have an open invitation. We'd love to see you here. Great. Thank you all so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bookstore Explorer is produced and hosted by me, Matt Browning. Our theme music is Come Right Back to You by Max Hickson. You can follow all my bookstore explorations at bookstoreexplorer.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Bookstore Explorer. And follow us on Twitter at Bookstore EXPLR. Thanks for listening.